Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Thank you so very much for taking the time to join Michigan Minds today. I'm very excited to hear from you. Can you start by introducing yourself and sharing a little bit about your role at U of M? Absolutely. My name is Nora Kronitsky. I am a lecturer in the residential college on the Ann Arbor campus where I teach courses in uh, social science, in history, uh, in urban studies. Uh, and I'm also the interim director of the Prison Creative Arts Project. Thank you. And can you share a little bit about the Prison Creative Arts Project? So the Prison Creative Arts Project, or PCAP for short, um, is a program at the University of Michigan, and we are now in our 31st year. Uh, we do a variety of creative arts programming inside uh, prisons throughout the state. Um, and in our state, there are 28 state prisons and one federal facility. Uh, there are many different aspects to our programming. Uh, we do weekly creative arts workshops inside prisons in Southeast Michigan, uh, in which our facilitators and volunteers travel to prison to work with participants when, when we're able to work in person. Uh, we mount an annual exhibition of art by Michigan prisoners that features work gathered in every prison in the state. Uh, we publish an annual literary review of creative writing uh, by incarcerated people in our state. Um, and we also provide programming and connection for people who have come home from prison through a program we call the Linkage Project. Um, it provides people a way to connect with PCAP um, and continue to enjoy arts opportunities once they've come home from prison. And how has the pandemic affected the work of PCAP? Well, it's affected our work significantly, as you might imagine. So like I said, one of our flagship programs is our uh, weekly creative arts workshops that typically occur over the course of a semester uh, inside prisons in Southeast Michigan, or ones that are within about an hour's drive of Ann Arbor. The pandemic very abruptly ended those workshops last March. Uh, the last date that anyone visited a Michigan prison was March 13th, 2020. We had to cut our workshops short that semester and very quickly pivot to thinking about ways that we can continue doing our work inside remotely. Uh, so I worked with the PCAP staff and faculty to develop uh, what we call our correspondence workshop program. Um, so the correspondence workshops are modeled on the in-person workshops in which facilitators um, create prompts, create other sort of activities for participants to respond to, um, but all of the work is done through the mail. We provide participants uh, inside prison with um, a book that serves as a shared um, a shared way of, of connecting and discussing topics like social justice, community, creativity, um, and the participants inside prison mail their responses to the PCAP office. Um, needless to say, there is 
a lot of labor that goes into this process. Um, and it certainly doesn't provide the same kind of connection and community building that you would get inside uh, in person. Uh, but it has been really gratifying to still be forging those connections, um, even though we haven't been able to go to prison for a year. Um, the other major shift in our, our work this past year um, has been with regard to the, the annual exhibition of art by Michigan prisoners. Uh, so a year ago, we were planning to premiere the 25th annual exhibition. Um, and just days before the opening of the show, our campus shut down, as did most of the U.S. Uh, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so, of course, we made the very difficult decision to cancel the show. It was obviously the right decision, but really heartbreaking for so many reasons. Um, of course, just the disappointment of not having the show. Um, but it was also a really difficult decision to make because all of the art that is in the annual exhibition is for sale at prices that are set by the artists themselves. And for many artists, the sale of their work is a crucial source of income really for the entire year. So not being able to offer that to our artists uh, was a huge disappointment. We had hoped to postpone that show for a year and hold it in person this March. Um, that wasn't in the cards either. So instead what we did uh, was create a digital exhibition uh, which is now open and listeners can, can visit the uh, digital 25th annual exhibition. You can find the link to that on the PCAP website. I worked closely with our curators to create gallery pages that guide the viewer through the work. You can read the statements of the artists themselves on the site, which is something we haven't been able to do in the gallery before just for lack of space. Um, and you are also, until March 31st, able to purchase a piece of PCAP art um, by talking to a PCAP cashier over the phone. So um, although we clearly would rather be in the gallery together, we've gotten a great response to the digital exhibition so far, which has been really heartening. You actually joined Michigan Minds last March to discuss how the pandemic was just starting to impact prisons. Can you briefly explain what happened throughout the past year with social distancing, transmission of the virus, and just overall well-being in prisons? COVID-19 has had a catastrophic effect inside Michigan prisons. I'm sorry to say that many of the predictions that many of us made last March came true largely. <laughs> um, since March, 2020, there have been uh, 139 deaths of incarcerated people from COVID-19, um, almost 25,000 positive cases of COVID-19. And, and that is um, that number 25,000 is from a total number of, um, at its peak, about 40,000 people who are incarcerated. Um, so a huge proportion of the incarcerated population in Michigan has at one point in the last year been positive for COVID-19. The numbers at various facilities continue to go up. Uh, as of earlier this week, 
15 of the 28 state prisons were on outbreak status, which you know, indicates that the virus is spreading in that facility. Um, many, many Michigan Department of Corrections staff have tested positive um, and a number of them have died as well. Uh, we've also been dismayed to hear accounts from incarcerated people all year long about what conditions are like right now. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, uh, no one has been able to visit prison since March 13th, over a year ago. Uh, so that disconnection from loved ones, from the free world, weighs hugely upon people who are inside. Um, I remember reflecting over this past year how confusing and stressful it was when we would get conflicting information about COVID-19 out here in the free world. Um, just that feeling of being out of control and not knowing who to trust. And, and that feeling is felt just tenfold inside prison where information can be even harder to get and to trust. Um, we've heard many accounts of just really inhumane um, quarantine conditions. Um, you know, the built space of prison is not one that really can facilitate any kind of social distancing. People live in very close quarters together. They eat in close quarters. They, you know, go about all of the kind of daily acts of life very close together. Um, so any attempts at social distancing inside um, are only half measures really at best. Um, people's access to medical care under non-pandemic conditions um, is already uh, really, really poor. There's really no such thing as preventative care in prison. It's really all crisis management. Um, and we've also heard numerous accounts of people really being reticent to report their symptoms considering um, the conditions of, of quarantine, you know, in some cases being put into segregation or not being allowed to go outdoors. Um, again, inhumane conditions that none of us would want to live in. Now that we are, are seeing the distribution of vaccine out in the free world, and, and that is starting inside Michigan prisons as well, uh, I'm hopeful that some of these, some of these conditions can, um, can be addressed and, and hopefully we'll be able to visit prison again soon. Um, but again, that is only after the deaths of 139 people over the past year. So what impacts has the COVID-19 pandemic had on the mental health and well-being for families who haven't been able to visit, as you mentioned, jails or prisons? Families and people who have loved ones inside go through um, such incredible uh, measures to maintain connections um, to their incarcerated loved ones. Often people need to travel very far distances to see their loved ones. It's costly to communicate with people inside. It's costly um, you know, to send mail, even sending emails inside has a, has a cost associated with it. Phone calls are costly. Um, so again, even in the best of circumstances, people who have loved ones in prison face huge hurdles 
to maintaining their connections. Those hurdles have just gotten bigger and bigger over this past year. The inability to see your loved one um, and even more so having no idea when you will be able to see your loved one again um, is a huge burden to bear for those who um, have loved ones on the inside. Um, again, I, I think about what we all have gone through here in the free world, the stress of, of being alone, the stress of not knowing when we could gather with our loved ones again, um, the stress of not be being, being able to communicate in the ways that we're used to um, is just incredibly magnified for people who have loved ones in prison. Um, and again, I would say that, that that stress is made even more so when we remember uh, the conditions that people are living in inside. Um, you know, being unsure if our loved ones will be able to access medical care, if we'll even be told if they are ill, um, if they'll be put into an inhumane quarantine situation. Um, so it's really been just astronomically difficult for families and loved ones. Um, I'll also mention last September, the Michigan Department of Corrections instituted a new mail policy in which all incoming mail to any incarcerated people would have to be photocopied and recipients would receive those photocopies and the originals are destroyed. Um, according to the Department of Corrections, this uh, is a policy to prevent contraband from entering the prison. But what it means for many people inside is that the delays in communication are even longer than they already are. And that tangible connection, a letter that your loved one has held um, that you get to hold in your hands inside, um, that connection is literally destroyed in the mailroom. Um, and many advocates throughout our state have, have pushed back against this policy, um, but it, uh, it's, it's been yet another burden for families and incarcerated people to bear this year. And why is this such an important topic to discuss and share with our communities? Prisons are part of our communities. Incarcerated people are part of our communities. Um, in order to really ensure the safety and well-being um, of our communities, that has to include prison as well. It's also, you know, especially as we start to cautiously look forward to some return to normalcy, um, I want to remind people that, you know, we, we won't arrive at the point of normalcy until we do so everywhere, including inside prison. I also think there is sometimes a sense that prisons are completely shut away from the world. <laughs> But the fact is that they are very permeable institutions. Um, people cross back and forth across the walls all the time, whether that is staff, visitors, incarcerated people being transferred or getting services outside of prison. So in the same way, you know, that we, we need to think about how prisons affect all different kinds of inequality, we've also got to remember that they very deeply affect our public health and have to be 
central to the way we think about moving forward together. Is there anything else that you want to add or share? I would just uh, really like to encourage anyone listening to visit the digital exhibition uh, that PCAP has just launched, our 25th annual exhibition of art by Michigan prisoners. I think that you will find so much of the art on that page just stops you in your tracks, uh, makes you think twice about what it means to be an artist, what it means to be a person. You also have the opportunity to leave comments in our digital guest book that all of the artists will receive once the show is closed. Um, and until March 31st, you'll have the opportunity to purchase a piece of PCAP art um, and have that, that reminder of, um, you know, the wide depth of human experience in your home with you. Uh, so I hope that, that folks will visit that exhibition. You can find it on our website. And we will include the link to the website in the show notes, as well as in the article that we will share along with the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us to discuss this very important topic today. It was wonderful to speak with you. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.